0: You're listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at South Christ Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. You're going to grab a seat. Happy Mother's Day. You don't say that back. That's right. That'd be weird, huh? Everybody doing okay? Man, hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 John chapter 4. Excited to be with y'all this morning. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, my name is Brandon Hayes. I'm the Next Gen pastor here at Southcrest and excited to study God's word with you this morning. Again, in First John chapter four, we're gonna be in, in verse one in, in just a second. And by the way, if, uh, if you don't have a Bible this morning, you are welcome to use the Bible that is in the chair back in front of you. And uh, you can even keep that. It's our gift to you. We'd love for you to have that and study God's word uh, on your own as well as here. And so uh, Merry Christmas on Mother's Day. It'd be awesome. 1 John chapter 4, I want to say this, all of the Bible, every single page, is God's Word. And yet, sometimes there's some passages that just seem, at least in the moment, more important. Not because they're more important than other passages, but they seem just necessary for a people and a time. And, And the passage this morning, and 1 John 4, 1 through 6, is one of those passages to me. And there's, there's a lot to unpack here. And so we're just gonna just dive right in and I'm gonna ask you to lean in because I really do believe this is, is incredibly important. 1 John 4, 1 through 6, we'll read it together or I'll read it and you follow along. <clears throat> Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it's already in the world. You are from God, little children. And again, remember, John is very elderly here, and so he can call all of us little children. He's not speaking only to kids. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. First point we we see here that's like all over this passage, John doesn't state it explicitly, it's just completely obvious, and that is this. We live in the spiritual realm. We live in the spiritual realm. There is more to this life than what we see with just our eyes. So there's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, which if you are a believer, you've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit indwells you. So when we say, like, it's not wrong to say this, but when we say, uh, like a, a child or an adult says, I ask Jesus into my heart, like, we know what that means, but really the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, right? Like Jesus doesn't shrink down to little size, and like insert himself into your heart, right? That would be creepy kind of like, no, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. But even as believers, we encounter other spirits so uh, these other spirits in the supernatural realm that are here amongst us if it's not the spirit of god if it's not from god it must be from who one other big option here (laughs) satan yeah so there's the holy spirit the spirit of god and then there's demonic powers at work john by, by pointing out like talking about spirits he just Reminding us, we live in this spiritual realm. I think one reason it's it's so important for us is as Americans, it's just kind of lost on us and our culture. That we're so caught up with what we can feel and see and touch, and I think that's actually a tactic of the spirits of Satan is to make us forget that there is a spiritual realm that we live in. John's saying, wake up. Be aware, live in the spiritual realm. You know, being aware of where you live helps you thrive. So as Lubbockites, if we were to go and all pick up and move to Colorado, I'm not advocating for that, but if we were to all go move to Colorado, it would be wise when we got there to drink more water because of higher elevation, you don't wanna get the altitudes, Right? you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, man. Trying to keep it real in the venue. <laughs> you got to drink some water. You've, because of the higher elevation, you would need to put on sunscreen. Like even if you think, oh, it's not that sunny. Like because you're closer to the sun, you need to, to put on some sunscreen. Like being aware of where you live helps you thrive. If you move to Florida in hurricane season, when they say a hurricane's coming, you should board up your windows. It's just, it's just what you do. It's not fun, but... If you want to thrive, you board up your windows. If you move to Lubbock and you have a trampoline, which we don't, but if you move to Lubbock and you have a trampoline in the spring, you tie that sucker down, right? <laughs> oh, it's not that windy. Oh, it's that windy. <laughs> Trampolines wrapped around telephone poles. <laughs> Being aware of where you live helps you thrive. Being aware that we live in the spiritual realm helps you thrive. There's more to life than just what you and I see. Everything is spiritual. I'm not talking about like demon behind every bush kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, like you wake up and you have a headache, it must be de- the devil. Like, I don't know, maybe you just need, maybe you need some water, right? <laughs> like, but everything is spiritual. Why is it so important to know we live in the spiritual realm? Second point, we're going to see around the text, we're going to tell you is this. Second point, evil spirits are trying to deceive us. Evil spirits are trying to deceive us. That's why he says in verse one, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. You can't believe everything you hear. He says, there are many false prophets. They're they're deceptive in nature. And then even down at the end of verse six, again we're gonna unpack all this as we go, but at the end of verse six, he says, this is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. So there's a spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, but also there's a spirit of deception, which that's Satan and his demons. They care, they are the spirit of deception. They're trying to deceive you. I'll quote Jesus, he seems like he would be a good person to quote. From John 8 44, he says, Satan was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. It's all Satan does, he lies. It's all he can do. Can't even like think in concepts of the truth because he just lies. Why why does Satan try to deceive us? Because he hates us. He hates God. Jesus said that Satan came to steal and to kill and destroy. How does he do it? He tries to trick us. What, what do what do these false spirits want us to believe? Well, anything false about God, anything false about ourselves and other people, they would like to sell that to us. So they would like you to believe that God is not loving. They would like you to believe that God does not care how you live. But then, when you do live in sin, they would like you to believe they would like you to believe that God would never forgive such a terrible person. How do Do these evil lying spirits deceive us? Well, Ephesians 2 says that Satan is the ruler, the power, the the ruler of the power of this world. Like he's he's the prince of this world, so to speak. So he has power here. Not over Jesus, but he has power here. And so he tries to influence you by influencing the world around us, and he does a pretty good job. So it's not that like, hear me. It's not that Satan is in every song you hear on the radio. Like, I, but I listen to K-Love. like, no. But he influences the cultures, the trends of this world. So whether that be your social media, whether that be the, the news, whether that be a conversation with a friend, whether that be another just person, he, he's gonna try to influence you through whatever way he can. Uh, I want to be clear. If you're a believer, you cannot be possessed by an evil spirit as a Christian because the Holy Spirit already resides in you, but you can be oppressed by an evil spirit as you encounter evil spirits and they try to deceive you. You know, the, the nature of deception is trickery. Got any, got any fishermen in the room? Now, raise your hand, sorry, let me... That's, oh, come on, really? Uh, raise are rais- proud. All right. All you fishermen, you guys are professional deceivers. <laughs> why do I say that? Let me ask you. You, you can like, be vocal here. When you go fishing, do you just drop a metal hook in the water? Yeah, if you say yes, I'm going to guarantee you've never caught a fish, right? Like, pretty sure. You don't, you don't just drop a hook in the water because the fish can see, like, why would they want to bite something? sharp and that could kill, kill them or, you know, end up on the frying pan, which is really good. No, no, you, you put something that is attractive to the fish, right? You dress the hook, the hook is still there, but, but you dress it up a little bit. The nature of deception is trickery. Satan, when he deceives you, he's not standing there with horns coming out of his head and a pitchfork, like, I'm going to kill you. Like, no, he dresses it up. It's subtle. It's deceptive. The, the hook is still there, but it's shiny. John's saying, watch out. Evil spirits trying to deceive you. I, I kind of mentioned this, but, but one way Satan dresses up his lies is by trying to influence you through people who appear spiritual. Before I give this third point, look back at the text, but look jump up from chapter four to chapter three, the end of chapter three, verse 24, it says this. The one who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. So again, shouldn't be be news. Already we've talked about that this morning. As a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you. But what John's getting at, and the reason he follows up verse 24 of chapter three with verses one through six of chapter four is because lots of people will try to claim they know the Holy Spirit. Lots of people will try to say they know God. Here's Here's our third point this morning. Just because someone talks about spiritual things doesn't mean they are being led by the Spirit. Just because someone talks about spiritual things, it doesn't mean they must be being led by the Spirit. That's why in verse one, John says, there are many false prophets. Not like, well, there's one or two and I'll give you the TV station so you can be, be aware of them. Like, no, it's, there's lots of them. You're gonna encounter them all the time. There's many false prophets, many who will claim to speak for God, try to tell you what you should believe, but it doesn't mean they're walking with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean they're a godly person. I could tell you that I know Tim Tadlock, if you don't know, is, the, the coach of the Texas Tech baseball team. He was pretty good this year, right? I mean, last time, are they still good? Okay, it's been like a week or so since I checked, so... I could tell you I know Tim Tadlock, which I don't. I could tell you I know him. I could grow out a sweet baseball mullet. Probably against my wife's wishes. <laughs> I, could, I could carry around a baseball glove and a bat and talk about my time on the diamond back in fourth grade. <laughs> but just because I could talk about all that It doesn't mean you should listen to me about baseball. It doesn't mean you should trust what I have to say about baseball. Actually, I'll just be straight up with you. You should not trust what I say about baseball. Most sports in general, actually. (laughs) May have the appearance, may know some lingo. Doesn't mean it's a reality. Someone may carry a Bible with him. They may have a podcast. They may be on TBN or whatever it's called. I can't remember. They may know some spiritual lingo, but that doesn't mean they're walking with the Lord or know the Lord for that matter. Just because they talk about spiritual things doesn't mean they're being led by the Holy Spirit. It's a little scary, isn't it? So what do you do? There's evil spirits trying to deceive us. Some people who who look spiritual, talk spiritual, they're not actually walking with the spirit. They'd be influenced by a spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. So what do you do? Well, if if you're paying attention when you read it, man, John tells us, it's awesome. He says, test the spirits to see if they are from God. And look at verse two. He's gonna, man, just gives us some really helpful insight here. He says, This is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. So first thing, he says, Test the spirits like you, you should use some discernment here, and I love in verses two through three, he gives us some really good insight, like I said, uh, our high school pastor Austin back in I guess it would have been March, preached uh, from chapter two verses eighteen to twenty three you don 't have to go back there, um, but he walked through that passage in the antichrist, and similar to that passage in this passage he 's talking about the spirit of Antichrist, so he 's not so much here in the text focusing on a single person but He's focusing on the spirit of the Antichrist that is, that is already here. That is the spirit that opposes the Jesus of the Bible, the true Jesus, and opposes true believers, those who have been saved by grace through faith. He says that spirit is already here. It's already being influenced by demonic powers. In fact, it is a demonic power. And and notice here, he mentions specifically, it seems kind of specific when he says, John says, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So as John was writing this letter, there was a group of people that were saying that Jesus did not actually come in the flesh. They believed that God would never inhabit a human body. The problem with that, if you believe that, that Jesus, God, the son, didn't actually take on human flesh, then that means he didn't pay the price for our sins. Which in case you didn't know that, all of Christianity kind of hangs on that. When I say kind of mean, I mean, it does. (laughs) It does hang on that. So John's saying if they deny that Christ came in the flesh, that is clearly not the spirit of God, that is the spirit of the antichrist. When he says, The word confesses, I I love this word. We often think confess is just like, oh, confess, like, yeah, Jesus is Lord. No, to confess something is really to pledge allegiance. Like that, yes, I'm saying with my mouth, I confess Jesus is Lord. But if I really am confessing something, it's not just about words, my life will bear it out, right? Like not just what I do on Sunday morning when I'm singing a song, but like, not that I'm perfect, but day in, day out, my life bears out. I, I, I give evidence of this allegiance, this surrender, to Jesus. So he's not saying just, you know, if to flip it, he's not saying if someone just says, oh, I believe in Jesus. He's not saying, oh, they must be a Christian. No, does their life, their confession, their allegiance bear it out? One more thing before I give you the, this fourth point, jump to verse five. He says, they are from the world. Therefore, what, the, what they say is from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who Knows God, listens to us. And when he says us, he's talking about the apostolic word. So for us, he's talking about scripture. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Do you notice there in, in, in verse five particularly, these evil spirits who often influence us through people, they're from the world and the world listens to them. So their their message ultimately is just another maybe variation of the world's message. And people that follow these false teachings, these false spirits, ultimately ultimately begin to live more like the world because it's not from God, it's the spirit of deception. So if I I can kind of summarize all of that, even contextualize it to today, I wanna say this. I think maybe a a more natural, common way that we would talk about testing spirits in our world today is totally appropriate to say test the spirit. John says that, we can say it. But I think maybe another way that you're maybe a little more um, used to, been exposed to more would be to say spiritual discernment. You heard that phrase before? I wanna have spiritual discernment. So test the spirits, yes, it's biblical, you can say that. But I think, again, more common language would be, I wanna have spiritual discernment. Discern, is this the Holy Spirit or, or not the Spirit of God? What's going on? So with, with that understanding, let me give you the fourth point, is this. We gain spiritual discernment by asking two questions. Does this help people have a biblical view of Jesus? Second question, does this help people look like Jesus? When John's giving us these tests and saying, here's how you test, I think you could summarize it and even kind of cross the bridge of context into our role with these two questions. Does this help people have a biblical view of Jesus? Does it help people look like Jesus? That's how we gain spiritual discernment. This is, in those questions, could be anything. Does this preacher, does this word, quote? look at me, quote, word from the Lord that someone is giving to me, does it, how does it answer these questions? This podcast, this person I'm following on social media, does this help me have a biblical view of Jesus? Not just, oh, cool interpretation. Does it help, does it line up with what the Bible says about Jesus? If not, Guess who that spirit is not from? God. (laughs) Does it help me? Does it help other people live more like Jesus or more like the world? If it helps me and encourages me to live more like the world, that spirit is not from God. So don't listen to it. Run away from it. He said, John's giving us these simple, just have some spiritual discernment I worked at uh, my first summer in college I worked at Winn-Dixie which is like Jacksonville's version of United but maybe Lauren says no it's, it's not it's not near as cool okay I'm sorry she's calling me out back there 11 o'clock I'll get away with that not the 9 30 <laughs> worked at Winn-Dixie and I remember I was a cashier and they they taught us hey if someone comes through but more people paid with cash then um and said, if someone comes to with a $100 bill, you call the cops. I no, they didn't say that. They didn't say that. They said, if someone comes to a $100 bill, just examine it. Like if they, they're paying with fives, tens, you just kind of, you kind of do your thing, put it in the register. But if they give you a $100 bill, just examine it and make sure it's not monopoly money, right? Like make sure it's the real thing. And they gave us some ways, I can't remember now, but to ways to make sure you, you know, hold up to the light or whatever, I don't know if you still do that, but to make sure it was real. And the reason was, Not because we didn't trust people, though sometimes you shouldn't. (laughs) It was because there's too much at stake to just take a fake $100 bill. That's a lot of money. Too much at stake. John's saying your spiritual livelihood and the path which you're led down, there's too much at stake to just, oh, whatever people say, I'm gonna believe it. No, have some spiritual discernment. Does it line up with Scripture? It, will it help me live more like Jesus? And if not, run away from it because there's too much at stake. Just to kind of test this in, in the real world. You know, again, the idea that just because someone talks about spiritual things doesn't mean they're being led by the Spirit. Let's look, I mean this in the spirit of love, we're not picking on people, at Mormons. Are Mormons nice people? Yes, yeah, sure. Some of the nicest people I've ever met. Absolutely. But listen to a teaching from Brigham Young, one of the main prophets, I guess they would call him. He says, there is not a man or woman who violates the covenants made with their God that would not be required to pay the debt. He says, man, like it gives me chills reading this in church because it's so evil. The blood of Christ, he says, will never wipe that out. Your own blood must atone for it. That is what we call heresy. Jesus is the only one that can wipe away your sins. You can never be good enough to get rid of your sins. Mormonism, while it seems spiritual, is not from God. I believe that the angel that Joseph Smith says he encountered when he was writing the book of Mormon was straight up a demon. It's a false teaching. Jehovah's Witnesses, they say they believe the Bible, but they believe that when Jesus was born on earth, he was a mere human and not God in human flesh. They also believe he did not physically die. Well, the problem is similar to what John was facing. If that's true, then Jesus didn't pay the price for our sins. And if that's true, then Jesus didn't actually conquer sin and the grave and Satan. And so if that's true, we actually have no hope. Jehovah's Witnesses have been deceived by false teaching, false spirit. I have a friend who just this week, uh, someone came to her with a word from the Lord. Can quote, if you weren't watching, a word from the Lord. And that word he tried to give to her based on other conversations was nothing but condemnation and doubt. Let me ask you, condemnation and doubt. Does that sound like Satan or sound like Jesus? Sounds like Satan, right? So she had spiritual discernment to say, nah, I'm not, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> like you, you can go somewhere else. I'm not giving you the time or day. When someone comes to you and says, hey, I have a word from the Lord. I feel like God has been, wants, to, wants me to encourage you with something. Should you be open if you know that person? Like, even if you don't know them, but if you have no reason to be skeptical, should you be open to hearing how, may, how God may wanna encourage you through that person? Beats you to the punch because you're thinking it's a trick question. Yes, you should. But you should have spiritual discernment. Like don't, anytime someone says, hey, I feel like God wants me to encourage you with something. Don't be like, no, evil spirit, no. Not saying that. But just have, have some discernment. Like, Lord, it, does this line up with scripture and does this help me live more like you? Is this helpful? Is it a little bit stressful? I think if we forget... Verse four, this stuff is kind of stressful. But verse four is awesome. (laughs) Look at verse four, we'll end here. He says, you, talking to believers, are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. What's our fifth point? The Holy Spirit empowers us to live not as victims, but as victors, amen. We don't have to live in this paralyzing fear and worry over the fact that the fact that there are evil spirits in this world trying to influence us. We don't have to live in fear because the Holy Spirit lives in us. He says, we belong to God. I love what he says, we've conquered them, not because we're awesome, no, but because the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. So the Holy Spirit in us is greater than any spirit we would encounter in this world. He is greater than Satan himself. So we don't have to live in fear. And I love the word conquered. It's this idea of of overcoming, of subduing, of of winning. So false prophets, evil spirits don't have to walk in victory over us because the Holy Spirit has already claimed victory for us. Think about in the gospel of John who wrote this letter as well. He teaches us that the Holy Spirit guides us. He, He teaches us, he counsels us so because of that we walk in hope we, we listen for his voice we live discerning but not defeated lives we live prayerful but not powerless lives we live careful but as conquerors because of the holy spirit in us Man, mean if you if you walk out this morning with like this fear and trepidation uh, that's, I don't think that's John's heart. That's why he says, dear friends. He wants us to walk out with an awareness, a, a, an alert spirit. Man, there is a spiritual war going on around me. I live in the spiritual realm. But he also wants us to walk out in hope and in confidence because of who lives in us. Amen? We walk boldly because of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit empowers us to live, not as victims, but as victors. You know, when we think about when we think about spirits and um spiritual realm i think a helpful metaphor would be background music so background music even when it's there you're not always aware of it right like during a movie and there's a scary scene there's a scary music that if the music wasn't there. You might not be scared, right? You know what I'm talking about? But you're not really aware of the music. You're aware of what's happening with your eyes. Or you're in a, you're in a store. We're talking about some friends with this. I was talking about this with some friends this week and you're in a store and you, you don't even realize you're just kind of feeling the beat, right? <laughs> like, because there's background music playing. Or at your house, if you like, you have some friends over and it's like this happens to me, I'll go out and be grilling and then come back in. And if the music stops, I'm like, oh man, the ambiance is gone. It, it's It's just kind of there, but then when it's gone, you realize, oh, something's missing, something's different. I think that's how spiritual influence often is. It's it's subtle, you don't always, it's not always on the forefront of your mind, but it's a reality. I think the the enemy, through all the ways, I've mentioned a few, but like there's so many different ways can kind of get this subtle background music in our lives. And I think often it, it sounds something Kind of like
1: this. Did God really say it that? True. It your true. You're better off as a loner. Investing in friends is just a waste of time. Nobody likes you. Oh, come on. You know, just a little bit of fun won't hurt. Jesus doesn't really care about what you do. You can do whatever you want. Don't let anyone else tell you any different. Jesus just wants you to be happy. Jeez, you are such a failure. You will never grow as a Christian. You are worthless. There is no way Jesus could love you for all that you are. Jesus could love you for all that you are. Hey, you should tell this person about Jesus. But you'll probably just mess up. Nah, never mind. You can't do that, right? You know, your marriage hasn't been that great lately. Maybe it's time for a change. Just give up. If God is so loving, then why is your life in such a mess? happy more than wants to be Those voices
0: become a reality sometimes, don't they? They can feel like a reality is what I mean. But John's saying in verse four, you don't have to put up with that. (laughs) The enemy does not have power over you if you are a follower of Jesus. (laughs) He's saying, you don't have to let the enemy be your DJ. (laughs) If you are in Christ The Holy Spirit is the one to speak to you. And y'all, when you begin to kind of clear out, declutter your life of the, the different influences impacting you and kind of speaking over your life, you know what? You begin to hear the Holy Spirit who is tried and true and constant and faithful. And His voice sounds a little more like this.
1: O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them.
0: That was a little better, huh? (laughs) Did you notice? Or pick up on the picture there that the Holy Spirit's voice when he's guiding you and leading you? It's gonna sound a lot more like the Bible. (laughs) One of the best ways to begin to discern spirit of deception, spirit of truth. It's become well acquainted with the word of God. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He'll lead you. He'll, he'll, he'll guide you. Even when you don't have your Bible wide open. But I would tell you, it's gonna be hard to discern the spirit of truth day to day if you're not here. I'm gonna ask the worship team to, to come on up and we're gonna, we're gonna close. And like we've been doing, I wanna give you just a moment to, before we sing, to just kind of pray and talk with the Lord. And the first thing I would ask you to do is to consider, are there some false, excuse me, false spirits that have been speaking into into your life maybe you didn't realize it? Their influence has been subtle. Maybe even right now in this moment, you need to consider Are there people, are there, is there music, are there podcasts, whatever that I'm putting into my life that are actually from a spirit of deception? Ask, the, ask God to give you clarity. Does it help me have a biblical view of Jesus and does it help me live more like Jesus? That's got to do some kind of weeding out in your life there. And the second thing I would say is as believers, all of us, no one would be exempt to this, all of us. There's always more room to grow in in our awareness and our listening to the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna ask here as we just have kind of a moment of quiet, I have a little background music but as we're just quiet before the Lord that maybe as a believer, again, maybe you do some weeding out in your life of of spirit of God or spirit of deception but then also say, Lord, would you just create an awareness in my life of your voice? Maybe, Maybe God's kind of, tap in you on the shoulder and say, hey man, part of that awareness comes from getting in the word. Maybe you already are in the word and maybe it's just asking Lord, would you in my day-to-day life, would I have in your voice? And then I, as I hear, would you help me to obey, to walk in truth? I'm gonna give you a moment just to, to consider those things, to talk with the Lord. And then in a second, we're gonna uh, sing a song that I, I really want us to, to be a prayer for us. Lord, we become more aware of your presence. Holy Spirit, I know you. But maybe as we're singing that kind of prayer, if this morning you would like prayer or clarification on something, or maybe you wanna know what it means to trust Jesus, to be saved by grace through faith because he paid the price for your sins. You can't earn it, he earned it for you. There'll be folks back at the coffee center and back at the welcome center uh, that would love to talk with you, love to pray with you about what God may do, what God may be doing. So I'm gonna give you a second right now just to be still before the Lord and then we'll respond with this prayer through song. Let's do that. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church.